Uh, hey, my name is Christian. I'm the lead pastor here at City Light. If it's your first time here, welcome. We're so excited that you chose to come here today. I think you're going to have a really great time. Um, okay, so these next two weeks, this is Palm Sunday. Next week's Easter. We're going to be doing a two-week uh, mini-series about Easter called Just the Beginning. And, um, and this is me. I, I hiked to here just to get this picture for the teaching series. Um, no. And uh, so what, what, I'm, what I'm excited about is there's just so much hope and renewal in the Easter story. Um, so I want to start by telling you um, a story about Mandy and I. So Mandy and I, uh, on our honeymoon, we got someone gifted us with an incredible, someone, my dad, gifted us with this incredible honeymoon package to Hawaii when we got married. Um, and it was, we were young, so we were 21, and we were like on the airplane, and we are like, what, are we even allowed to do this? I don't know if anyone else got married young, but you go from like basically being in high school to suddenly like you're an adult and you know, you didn't receive any training. But uh, so we're headed out to this honeymoon. And um, in one of the days, we went to hike um, this dormant volcano called Haleakala. Everybody say that. Haleakala. Yeah, it's just fun to say. Um, and so we, you know, we went, it's, I don't know, 10,000. It's, it's really big, right? Feet or yards or I don't know. And then we got up there and we looked down into the crater and we were like, oh yeah, we got this. We're hiking down to the crater. That was our goal for the day. So we're hiking and I'm not going to lie, I wasn't in as amazing shape as I am now back then. So Mandy kind of kicked my butt. Um, she ended up carrying the backpack and then carrying me eventually. Um, but we, we like hiked for hours. And this, this part I'm not exaggerating. We hiked probably like four or five hours. And we kind of like stopped at one point and said, we are not making any progress at all. And when you stood at the top and looked, it looked like, yeah, this is doable. Like we're, we're good hikers. We can hike to the bottom and, and back out in a day. Four or five hours, we had barely made it 20%. I mean, like seriously, this is so much bigger than your eyes could take in. And then once you started traversing it, so we came to find out like we had to hike for four or five hours and we were just at the beginning of this thing. And you, you need to budget two whole days to hike down into the middle and back out. That's how many, two whole days of hiking. In fact, just a neat little fact that I haven't done, but you know, probably won't ever do, but you might. There's a, there's a cabin in the middle of the volcano, dormant volcano, and you can hike down a whole day down to the cabin, stay there overnight and hike back out the other side. How cool is that? That was worth the price of admission just now. You're like, I can leave. I got something good out of church today. Um, and I think this is, this is sometimes what life is like. And so when I was praying about what to talk about these next two weeks, I felt God put this question on my heart. What if, what if this is just the beginning? And I want to apply this to our lives. I want to start thinking about different areas of our lives. What if this is just the beginning? So to make it a little bit easier, there's three areas I'm going to think about. And we're going to talk about this today and we're going to talk about it next Sunday. But what about your connection to God? What if this is just the beginning? Now listen, you might be, have, have been a follower of Jesus for 30 years, and you feel like, you know, maybe, maybe things, you've got it figured out, or maybe you've got your pattern, your ritual, your routine. Maybe, maybe you've even tapped out, and you're feeling a little bit stale, a little bit old and crusty, right? But what if all that you've learned up until this point, and all that you've experienced, and all that God's shown you up until this point was just the beginning? What if you're just scratching the surface of what God wants to do in your life? And this is something that's going on in my life right now, personally. So I've been, you know, a follower of Jesus since I was four, if that's possible. And I'm 42 now, so you do the math. And I, 
you know, I've, I've really, you know, consistently pursued God. I've, I've done the things that you would think you should do. I've prayed. I've read my Bible. I've fasted. You know, um, I've been a pastor for 20 years, whatever. But like, I, I think that I'm close to God. But in the last couple months, God has just been convicting me or, or, or touching my heart that I am just barely aware of the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God and the love of God in my life. And that I literally, in 40 years, have just started scratching the surface. And you see, here's the thing. If you have a temporal mindset and, I, and you think, well, I'm halfway done my life, then you would think I should know half of what I'm going to learn. But see, if you have an eternity mindset, think about that. This 40 years is nothing. I have so much more of God to learn. I've been recently being challenged by a few authors, Dallas Willard and John Ortberg, to name a couple. And I read them and I think they know something of God that I don't. There's like a depth of their connection to God that I just am, I'm not there. And I feel God's just starting to stir my heart. Like, what if this is just the beginning? So listen, no matter where you are, you might be 70 years old. This might just be the beginning of what God wants to do in your life. You don't know what's going to happen this week, this year, this decade in your life. What about your character? You know, some of us have been working so hard or struggling or discouraged, but what if this is just the beginning of the work that God wants to do in your character? You might think that you've arrived. You might think that you've, you know, you're, I live a good life. I'm a good person. But what if there's stuff in your heart that God wants to reveal deep in your heart? You know, God loves us as we are, but he doesn't leave us as we are. And part of the journey that we're on is becoming more like Jesus, becoming more like the people he knows we can be. He's working to refine out of us, to to chisel out of us the things that are more like us and less like him, right? That are more like hell and less like heaven. We're becoming more heaven-like. I, um, Dallas Willard was once uh, at a lunch with someone and they, um, they were eating this, this hot pepper and they said, you know, that'll burn the hell right out of you, right? And he said, well, give me a thousand of them then. Because that's the kind of life he was living. He was like, I want to get all that is not of God out of my system. All that selfishness, all that egotism, all that inward focus, all that manipulation. I want to get that burned out of it. All the greed and the lust just burn it out of me. What if you're just at the beginning? Now, it's not meant to be discouraging, okay? I know, because some of you are like, I've been trying for 30 years. Okay. What if you're calling? Listen, what if you're calling in God, your purpose, your destiny? By the way, it is hot. Can I get an amen? Like, what the heck? It is like, what's going to happen when it's actually summertime outside? Whew, okay. All right, I, I remember to put deodorant on today, so it's all good. It's all good. Um, I feel bad for the kid who's going to be in the bunny costume today. That's going to be hot. All right, so calling. What if your calling is just the beginning? And, and again, I would put this on anybody. Like, you could be a teenager. You could be in your middle age. Or you could be 70, 80 years old. But see, if you're breathing, God still has more for you. And what if everything you've done up till now wasn't to get you here? It was to prepare you for what's next. What if everything you've learned and gone through and achieved, what if every failure and success hasn't been to get you to arrive here, but it was all preparation for what you don't know is over the next mountain, over the next hill. You don't know what God has 
next for you? What if this is just the beginning of your calling? And that's kind of the the mindset that I want to have. So I'm going to tell you a little bit too about our church. Because as I was praying about this, I was thinking, guys, what if this is just the beginning for City Light? Like, you know, this is good. What God has done here in a year and a half is good. Look around. Look around. This is incredible, right? What God has done is good. We have a vision statement, seek love and care for people like Jesus does. The seek part of that is reaching out to people who don't know God as well. We've got 169 connection cards in a year and a half. That's, a, you know, that's not everybody who's been new because not everybody fills them out. We had six baptisms last year. That is something we should applaud. So go ahead. That's awesome. We ran these highly successful, um, do you remember the Halloween thing for those of you who volunteered there, which was pretty much the whole church was there? There was 500 people who came through the doors at that event. Soccer camps, community events in all three states. But what if this is just the beginning? You know, what if like in two years, this number is 50? What if this is just the beginning of what God can do in the lives of the people living in our communities who right now Feel that longing for God and for community, but haven't found the place. What if this is just the beginning for City Light? We have over 300 people who regularly attend City Light, which is hard to believe because we never all show up at the same time. But trust me, it's true, okay? We have 76 people regularly in small groups, which is good. But we want to go even beyond that, right? We're at like 54% of our regular attendance. So regular attendance, we'll call it roughly 200. So that doesn't make any sense. Uh, Adults, roughly 160 adults. There we go. Um, That's still not quite right. But anyway, whatever number we used, this is 54% of it. Somebody do that. 140? Yeah, it was 140 adults. That was it. 140 adults, regular attenders. That's a good number, but we're shooting for more than that because we want to connect people. The love part of our vision statement is that we need to have a real community, that it's not enough to just come on Sunday morning, although it's great. And if that's just where you are, we welcome you and we're so happy you're here. But we're just saying what we need is community. We need each other. We've run all these cool classes and fun nights out. Remember the Klondike Kate's night out? It's really cool. But what if this is just the beginning? You know, what if we can double this in the next couple years? What if, now I just want to let you in on a little thing that, that we dream about. We dream about what if in two years, three years, we could plant another site of City Light? What if there was City Light here and then City Light there and we got to another 300 people? And then in another three years, there was another City Light. Not because we want to like amass lots of people, but, but there's people who need God. There's people who need God, who need what we're doing here, but they live too far away. So what if we could just go into another neighborhood and start to do what we're doing here in their neighborhood? How cool would that be? It would be, it would be cool. That's what you're supposed to say. It's good. I'm glad I've got you on board. You're like eating out of my hands. It's incredible. Okay. I really think this is part. What, what if this is just the beginning? Instead of us saying, whew, we made it, right? We're paying the bills. We're good. No, what if we... Not at all satisfied. What if this is just the beginning of what God has planned? And this is the last one. This is my favorite one, to be honest. This is so cool how involved you are in the lives of people who are less advantaged than us. Look at all the nonprofits that we partner with. The school mentoring just started out. All the clothes drives and food drives that we've done. This is, this is exciting. But what if, what do you think I'm going to say? 
What if this is just the beginning? What if, the, I mean, seriously, what's holding us back? What if we just became people who dreamed bigger? I'll tell you another one of my dreams. Someday I want to own a place, not me personally, but us, own a place that feeds the hungry. Like, what if we could buy a place and we could feed people and, and, and give them clothes and, and, I don't know, what else do you do in those places? Tr- give them job training and do homework help. I mean, here's, here's where I talk about financially in the past when I've given these teachings about financially. The more that we give and we're able to get these resources, the more we can do in the community. Um, I know this guy who's a, a pastor of this church, and this isn't, like, this isn't where we're headed, but like he's got a 6,000-person church, and some people come after him, and they're like, why do you have such a mega church? You know, like mega churches are evil, and, right, right? And so, obviously, he doesn't think they're evil because he's there. And he said, listen, what we can do with our resources, and he's not saying anything bad about little churches, he's like, we, God has given us the opportunity to do things that churches, smaller churches can't do. You should see what they do. I mean, they buy whole buildings and just feed the poor out of them, like multiple buildings. It's incredible when you have your values in the right place, what you can do with your resources. What if this is us? What if we can do more? What if this is just the beginning? Okay, back to you. What if it's just the beginning in your life? What if you are, for some of you, literally at a beginning, right? You're about to start college. You're about to start a new job. You're about to start a new family. You're about to have a new kid, buy a puppy, whatever. What if you're just at the beginning of something, a transition in your life? For some of you, it's what we were talking about before. Maybe you've been in a position so long that it's starting to feel stale or old. And I'm going to say that I think there's two things that can really help us lean into the future of what God has for us, to not be people who are static. See, God is a God of movement. I believe it with all my heart. God is on the move. He is a present-oriented, dreamer, creative God. He's always thinking, what can we do next? He's never satisfied with what are we doing now. He's like, what can we do next, guys? It's like being on vacation with my dad. That's literally what he's like. It's like you just achieved something. He's like, what can we do next? You're like, rest. No, I'm kidding. That's, that's how I am too. It's Mandy who wants to rest. Okay, um, so today we're going to turn about, talk about learning to wait well. She just gave me eyes. I saw it. I, she didn't even look at me, but I could tell. Learning to wait well is what we're going to talk about today. And then next we're going, to, we're going to talk about living with our eyes wide open. So here's what I know. Rarely does anything you pursue or hope for come to pass in your life without a season of waiting. This is just true. If you've ever tried to pursue something, achieve something, conquer something in your character, there's always a season of waiting. And it's in this season of waiting where discouragement and disillusionment come in. And this is is the story of Palm Sunday. So we're going to read this briefly. So this is in the book of John, which is written by one of the first disciples, and it's an account of the life of Jesus. So Jesus is coming into Jerusalem the weekend where he's going to be arrested and be crucified. It says, the next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, which means save us now. That's what it means. So, save us now. Blessed is he who comes in the name. So, I did the whole religious thing. John's going to make fun of me. Blessed. Not blessed. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. 
Now, guys, this is, this is crazy because right now Israel has no king and hasn't for a long time, and they're being occupied by the Roman nation, but they're out and they're proclaiming these verses that are written 700 years before they came in. Think about this. They've been waiting this promise of a new king, of the, the final king, who would finally set things right. They've been waiting for 700 years And what is happening, the context of what's happening is Jesus has just raised Lazarus from the dead. And a bunch of people were with him in that town, are walking with him. Because he raised someone from the dead. I mean, you'd be interested too. So there's this crowd of people like, whoa, he's not only a great teacher, a great person. What power is this? And he's headed to Jerusalem. And there's all these people in Jerusalem already because they're there for the Jewish celebration of Passover. So there are just people everywhere. And they hear that he raised Lazarus from the dead. So there's, they're just getting stirred up, right? And then he gets on this donkey and starts riding in on this donkey. And so I just want you to know a little bit of historical context that's going on. This is like if you woke up on Christmas morning and there was Christmas presents and Easter candy, which, by the way, sounds amazing, right? That's like when they make the Santa Claus peeps and you're like, oh, this is heaven, right? Okay. So you've got, you've got Passover happening, but when he gets on the donkey and they get out the palm branches, they're, they're, they're enacting what they celebrate on Hanukkah which is in the winter, a a totally different time of year. So Hanukkah and Passover are coming together. What they're celebrating is when this guy, Judas Maccabees, which is in a book that's actually not in the Bible, but it's called Book of Maccabees, and that's very confusing. We're just going to skip over it, okay? Pretend I didn't say it. So anyway, but they knew it, all right? So they knew it. This guy, Judas Maccabees, he came in as a conquering king and saved Israel, and they put palm branches down when he came in. So do you see all that's going on here? They're like, whoa! That's what's going on. I just summed it up in one word for you. So Jesus found a young donkey, sat on it as it is written. Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion, which is, you know, Israel. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. Again, fulfilling another prophecy from 700 years ago. At first, the disciples did not understand. Only after Jesus was glorified, so only after Jesus died and rose again, they realized all that was going on. And the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead, continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard he had performed the sign, went out to meet him. Basically, you've just got hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people who are gathering around saying, it's time. You are the king. You're going to overthrow Rome. Let's get some swords. Yes! And so I want you to see what's happening here. This is what happens so often in our life. God is fulfilling his promises that they've been waiting for 700 years, right? But there's more going on. So from this story, we can learn a couple things about God's faithfulness. First of all, it isn't always fast, right? So if you've got a thing you're waiting for in your life, listen, if it's less than 700 years you've been waiting, keep waiting, okay? That's your encouragement for today. Come back next week probably won't be that bad for you. But seriously, God's faithfulness, here's why in the middle of whatever it is, whatever you start or whatever you start praying about, whatever you're hoping for, whatever promise God's given you, in the middle between that and when it happens, in the middle is always when we start to doubt God or or doubt ourselves or doubt what God's promised us. We start to give up. We start to lose hope. We start to get disillusioned. Maybe God isn't faithful And I think that's why the story of Palm Sunday is so powerful because 
There is something about waiting on God for things. It isn't always fascinating. It isn't always how we thought it would be. Clearly, Jesus didn't do what they thought. They're, they're putting palm branches down. They're like, hey, I think we have a sword somewhere in the shed. Let's go. The king's here. Then he gets arrested. Wait a second. And then they kill him. Like, oh, kind of embarrassing with the whole palm branches thing now. You know, he wasn't really king. Everybody's kind of hiding. I mean, how disillusioned and disappointed would you be if you were them? Have you ever had God do something or say something in your life? Have you ever tried something new and then everything went the other way? Backfired? Have you ever been like, wait a second, God, I thought I was supposed to do this, but that's not really working out. Sometimes it doesn't go how we think it's going to go, but what we can know is that it's always best because what Jesus said in this moment was, yes, I am the king and I, am, I have come to deliver you. But if you read some more about what he talks about, he isn't just coming to save the Jews from Rome. He's coming to save the Jews and the Gentiles. And he starts to talk about coming for the whole world from the power of sin. He's coming for an eternal kingdom. It doesn't matter who's in charge. We all are victims. We're all in bondage to the human condition. And he's come to bring freedom from that. So he's bringing something so much better than they could ever think or imagine. And the encouragement I want to give you today is that I think some of us in this room, maybe a lot of us in this room, are in a time of waiting. You're you're in the time of waiting because just feeling like, you talk about the connection, calling, and character. You're feeling like, I just don't know. I just can't get closer to God. It's been difficult. My, reading my Bible has been empty. I don't understand it. Prayers, I just feel like I'm hitting the ceiling. It's coming unanswered. My character, I've been struggling with the same issue over and over and over again for years and years and years. My calling, I don't know. I mean, even like, you know, I, I wish I knew what I was supposed to do with my life. You could be saying that at 18 or 48, right? I mean, like, what am I supposed to do with my life? And there's these seasons of waiting. Sometimes they're months, sometimes they're years. And it's so easy to lose sight and lose track and get discouraged. And I think that God wants to give you a message of hope today. And the message of hope is that we can remember God's faithfulness in those times. And here's what I want to just end on today. This sounds, this sounds like unpractical. Like it's hard to do this, but I want to talk about this. So I was listening to a teaching this week and they were saying that um, if you took all your thoughts from one day and you downloaded them into a computer and then you sorted them negative and positive, 70% of your internal dialogue is negative. Isn't that interesting? That affects everything. So if you're in a season of waiting for God to do something in your life, 70% of your natural thoughts already are negative. So you're, that affects everything. It affects your relationship with God. It affects your calling. It affects your character. This is how you're thinking. You're thinking negatively. And this is why we have to find the discipline in those times. Because here's what I know, is when we're waiting, we start to go downhill and lose faith in God and faith in ourselves. And one of the keys to following Jesus over the long haul, one of the keys of following Jesus, because you can say, I want to follow Jesus, but we want to we do that across the journey of our lives. We're going to encounter some highs and we're going to encounter some really low lows. And the way that we walk with him through those lows and those highs is by leaning into his faithfulness. See, there's aspects of God that you learn as you go through life. You learn about his love and you learn about his grace and you learn about his forgiveness 
One aspect I don't think it's talked about enough, but I think is crucial and foundational is the faithfulness of God. And it's so easy for us to get focused on little slices of time and say, God, you haven't been faithful in this area. But God is saying, lift your vision higher. Look at how faithful I've been to you over the years. Look at how faithful I've been to humanity over the centuries, the millennia. See, God's faithfulness isn't, isn't right now in, the, in this minute. God's faithfulness stretches, the, the writer of Psalms says it stretches to the heavens. This is a hard concept to like talk about, but it's one of those things that I think is important for us to grasp, to, to remember God's faithfulness. So I want to read you a psalm. This is Psalm 77. King David wrote this, probably the most famous king of Israel. It says, I cried out to God for help. Listen, by the way, if you're not familiar with the Bible and you're kind of a creative, you would love to read this book. It's in the Old Testament. Just read the Psalms. And you'll probably find yourself in those words. I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands and I would not be comforted. This is in the waiting. This is in the middle. When you're asking God to to heal the person that you love. When you're asking God to, to find you a new job. When you're waiting to find the person that you want to marry. And you're in those those huge times of waiting. When you're in periods of grief or you're in periods of hopelessness, when you're feeling low, when you're not overcoming your anxiety or your depression and you're, you're stuck in life, this is the middle. When we, need, we can either lean into distress and despair or we can lean into God's faithfulness. And he says, I remembered you, God. And I groaned. I meditated and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. And I thought about the former days, the years long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. It's like, I remember when it was good. My heart meditated and my spirit asked, will the Lord reject me forever? Have you ever been here where you've said, you know what, God isn't faithful. He's not faithful. He's not faithful to me. I see him be faithful to other people. God's not gonna come through. God, why aren't you good? Why aren't you answering my prayer? Why did you let him break up with me or let her break my heart? Or why did you let him die? Or why did you let her get sick? Or why did you let me lose my job? God, Why? Will he never show his favor again? Was his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? You guys think David's in a good place right now? Yeah, he's doing well. Good guy to be around. He says, then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand. That's just like poetic Bible talk for when God was doing stuff in my life, right? I will remember I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds because your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? You see how he shifts gears? And it's a, it's a choice to go from remembering all the negative to remembering God's faithfulness. When I get into, you know, so recently, I've shared this a bunch and I hate like sharing, but like my life, isn't that interesting? So sorry, I can't come up with new struggles every day. But uh, so I, 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 you know, I'll try to have, be weaker. I'll make it up. So the other day I was stuck on a mountain. Um, the, I, uh, you know, I was struggling with this anxiety thing again. And it, it felt to me like I got to a place where I, I, I told some of my friends like, like an anchor had been pulled out and I was just like list, listlessly floating in a sea of, Hell, basically. Okay. And in that time, yeah, yeah, you should join me next time. All right. 
In that time, I needed to remember that, like, number one, I wasn't alone. Number two, God had gotten me through this before. See, here's the thing. When you get into those waiting in the middle of what what God's promised or what you're waiting for and when it happens, you just forget instead of remembering. Like, literally, that's the whole teaching. So if if you haven't listened yet, tune in, right? We tend to forget in those times instead of remembering. We forget that God has come through in the past. We forget that God is good. We forget that God's with us. We forget that we have friends that we can reach out to. We forget that we can pray. Literally. We, we, I mean, you've seen it. And you just go this downward spiral. It's like, no, stop. Tell yourself, remember God's faithfulness. And it will literally pick you up and carry you through this time. I remember, I remember that I was here last time and you were good to me, God. I remember that you filled my heart with peace. I remember I have friends who I care about who will pray for me. God, I remember Remember your faithfulness. And then you, you tell yourself. You got to talk to yourself when you get in that time. Don't give up, Christian. Don't give up. This isn't the end. There's a Bible verse that I sometimes tell myself when I'm really depressed, and it's, this, is, this too will not end in death, which is just, you know, when you're really low, when you're like, at least I'm not going to die, okay? But it's true. Like, this isn't the end. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and keep going. Remember his faithfulness. Tell others. Tell yourself, and also tell others. The more we tell others of the goodness of God, it bolsters us. Now listen, sometimes you have to dig deep to find, but think about, think about the faithfulness of God just for one minute. The fact that you woke up in the morning is a gift. You know the only person you can't wake up is you? Think about that, right? The fact that you woke up is a gift. Think about every Every sunrise. Think about every mountaintop. Think about walking next to streams. This is just me. I don't know what you like in life. Uh, think about chocolate cake. Or, I mean, what do you like? Um, that was really judgmental. Sorry. Um, you know, whatever. Exercise. Think about running. Think about your ability to, to walk if you can walk, right? I mean, you, this is why it's per person. But think about breathing. Like, we take all this stuff for granted. But isn't that all a gift of God? Think about the people that you love and that love you. It's all the faithfulness of God. Think about the true friends in your life. It's the faithfulness of God day in and day out. And we could go on. Think about his love. Think about his grace. Think about his forgiveness. What if you feel, I'm going to close here. What if you feel that God's been unfaithful to you? I don't, I don't love to, to give teachings and ignore the fact that like somebody's sitting here thinking, whatever, Christian. Actually, I think that a lot <laughs> when I go over my talks in my head. Whatever, Christian. Um, worship team, come on up. But what if God is, what if he feels unfaithful? And Listen, I just want to be really honest. I don't have a good answer to this. I know it's true. I've been there, is what I would tell you. I've been there. I have felt that. But there isn't, I wish I could give you like a pat answer, like throw up a verse or give you three keys to Sometimes it feels like that is what I would tell you. I was, I was working on homework with my littlest this week. Couldn't get this one problem. And I was like, that is not the answer. And she's like, yes, it is. She got really mad at me. I was like, it, it's not. Well, how do you know? I just know. Like from life experience that two plus two is four. Like I know it. It was more complicated than that. This is all I can say. Like I know from life experience that God is faithful but you might not be feeling it right now. And so all I can say is lean on us. When you don't feel it, lean on each other. 
That's why we need each other. You won't be there forever. But there's, I don't want to, I don't want to disrespect what you're going through by saying something trite or a platitude. Sometimes this is real. Okay. I have a depressing note to end on, isn't it? All right. God has said, I will never leave you and I will never abandon you. One of my favorite promises in the Bible. This is the faithfulness of God. But what if God, what if your walk with God, what if your connection, your faith with him, what if your calling, what if your character, instead of being at the end of something or being tired and worn out, thinking you've learned it all, thinking you've learned a lot, what if you haven't, what if you don't know anything yet? And you're just at the beginning. For all of us. In order to keep going to what God has for you, you're going to need this. You're going to need the faithfulness of God. Oh, sorry. You're going to need that. Because his faithfulness is going to carry you through the middle. Let's stand. At City Light, we always end with a a response song because we don't want to run through the teaching and then not give your heart and your soul a chance to just think and meditate and receive we're just going to sing a song together and then we'll close